So now I want to share something with you. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? I must confess, when I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Where do I go to record my podcast? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify or iTunes or any other platform? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. I did my research and after experimenting with a lot of platforms, I decided that Anchor was the best one to start my own podcast. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and very easy to use. Not only that, but Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast and you can get paid right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. So if you always wanted to start your own podcast and make money by doing so, go to anchor.fm slash start and join me along with a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Once again, anchor.fm slash start and I'm looking forward to hear your podcast. Um, I want to welcome you to the finance-based Facebook group. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things, you know, and nuggets that I'm gonna be sharing with you here, and um, the, these things that I that normally I share uh, privately in this Facebook group, it, I don't share it anywhere else. I only share it here in the, in, in the group. Sometimes I share it in my podcast, but uh, but the reality is. Um, I want to keep it very, you know, that, that what I bring here to the Facebook group is, um, is really good. Like, like that it brings you a ton of value. Okay. And I hope that you guys are hearing me well. I'm not sure. Just one second. And uh, today I want to uh, talk about the different uh, types of financial manage managers. Because there are a ton, right? There are a ton of financial advisors out there. There's a ton of information out there. However, I noticed that with women, we tend to be uh, very skeptical about having other people managing our finances or we have been burned out, right? Uh, they have taken advantage of us for being a woman. Therefore, uh, we don't want to... Um, you know, we don't trust, We, but at the same time, we don't have the tools or clear strategies that are helping us to become financial, uh, financially fit uh, or financial, uh, you know, empowered, confident about our finances. And um, one thing that I wanted uh, to share with you is, um, you know, like some statistic because a lot of times we are not aware of this information. Sometimes we think that we are the only ones that have the issues. However, that is not the case. And uh, I'm going to share um, a few things uh, with you and uh, a few statistics, if I can find them. I thought that I had them open. Um, let me see. I think it's this one. Okay, so yes, I want to share some statistic regarding women and and uh, you know on what happening. So, for example, only seventeen percent of women in the in the workforce 
they discuss saving, investing, and planning for retirement with their families or their friends. About 38% of women in the workforce, they are currently having to be the caregiver or they sometimes they have to be the caregiver in their careers. And that affects their income, that affects their time at work, that affects their debt-to-income ratio, and therefore it affects their credit. Um, the other thing is that 89% of women in the workforce, they think that they only need about $300,000 in order to retire. And 51% actually guessed that. And 54% uh, of women in the workforce, they expect to retire at 65, but they don't have a plan on how to do it. And uh, when it comes to uh, financial advisors, only 45% of women, they actually have um, a financial advisor. The rest, they don't, and, and that includes, you know, like, like if you are, if you're working, that includes the 401k that you think that somebody's managing for you. Uh, and so that means that at least over 55% of women, they don't have a plan or they don't have someone that is helping them with their finances. And uh, I know that a big part of it is because they don't trust. They don't trust what is happening. So I want to make sure that you understand the different types of financial advisors, financial managers, and, uh, and then a little bit of the pros and the cons of each of them. And that way you will be able to make a more educated um, decision when it comes to what you want to do about, uh, you know, managing your money. Okay. So I'm going to start with, uh, let me grab a Sharpie so you can see it. Hopefully you can see it. So I'm going to grab a, a pen and I'm going to close this window. I think that will make it a little bit clearer. All right. So say hello. And if you guys have any questions, please feel free to put it in the comments. Obviously, I don't um, I don't check my, um, you know, I check the comments maybe later on today, and then I will be able to answer any questions that you may have. So the first one is uh, the first type of financial advisors or financial managers are banks and firms. And I know that maybe this topic might not be that sexy, but the reality is money is sexy and, and assets are sexy and profits are, ex and are sexy. So if you know about these things, you are going to be feel, feeling very sexy because you know what to do with your money. Okay. So again, you know, there are the banks and the firms. And when I talk about banks and firms, I'm talking about like Wells Fargo, Bank of America. I'm talking about Chase, Chase, UBS. I'm talking about um, Morgan Stanley. Right, Morgan. I'm talking about Morgan Stanley. And um, these are firms. Uh, and then with Bank of America, Bank of America actually bought Merrill Lynch. So now you know Merrill Lynch. I think it is, or the opposite. One, yeah, I think it's Merrill Lynch. Um, so 
all of these companies, right? All of these banks and firms. So what they do is that you give them your money and then they charge you on average, I wanted 1% management fee. So what does that mean? So for any money that you have in these accounts with any of these banks or firms, they are going to charge you around 1% for the money that you that you have in there plus 1% of the money that you keep depositing. And the thing is that, you know, like the, the management fees, they compound along with the compound, uh, the component of your money. So if your money grows to $250,000 or it grows to $300,000, you have to take in consideration that that 1% management fee is compounding as well. So 1% of 300,000 might be 30,000, but if it's compounding, that is going to be a lot higher. And then not only that, but a lot of the, um, a lot of the options that they offer, they are um, either tax deferment uh, accounts. What that means also? Well, it means that once you start taking that money out, you have to pay taxes on it. If, uh, and normally, uh, you know, the threshold is that you cannot take that money out up to what, 59 and a half. And then after that, then you have to pay taxes, which kind of like, sucks because normally that's where you actually need the money the most right when you retire you're not making that much money so therefore you want to um you know you're gonna have to pay taxes on that when you need it the most if you don't have a fallback plan like if you have financial freedom and you have cash flow coming in it might not affect you as much so this is the first one this is the first category of money managers and money advisors Normally, again, you go to the bank and you talk to one of them, you give them your money and then they, they manage it for you. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times they do a good job. A lot of times they don't, you know, like it's, it's just like whoever is actually taking care of it, right? So that is the first one. The second one is um, that managed companies are life insurance companies. And I'm going to, I'm going to, but, but, like let me tell you this captive life insurance companies and there's a difference because there are multiple types of life insurance companies and um i'm going to explain a little bit more about this but let me tell you first which ones are that are captive life insurance companies so this one are captive life insurance companies so this one uh, are the types of life insurance companies we're talking about new york life that's one uh the other one is metlife the other one is um norwestern mutual uh mass mutual And then, so Farmers State Farm, I'm going to put Farmers State Farm. Okay, so what is the, the you know, why they're called captive life insurance companies? Well, these companies, they offer life insurance products. Their main, their main focus is what is called 
whole life insurance. And term, right? They also offer term insurance. But their, their main focus where they make the most of the money is by whole life insurance. <clears throat> and whole life insurance is actually uh, a cash value life insurance. What that means is that it accumulates dividends, right? When you have this type of, and then it also accumulate cash value. Unfortunately, some of them, the debt benefit and the cash value um, is, the cash value is very minimum a lot of times. Now, the, the people that works in any of these companies, they can only offer the products for these companies. They cannot offer any other products from other different companies, okay? And uh, the other problem with that is that they are, because they are commission-based, right? They are commission-based. Uh, they, they, all they can offer you is their products. So, and they have quotas as well. Same thing with these bank firms. They, all of this, they have quotas. So every month they need to fulfill, you know, certain amount of, uh, of quota in order to keep their jobs. Same thing with them. And the problem with this is that they, because they are commission-based and they can only offer their products, sometimes it's not 100% towards your benefit. Right, I'm sure that you guys have heard of fiduciary advisors, and what that means is that they're gonna do their best to find the best product for you. But if their products, if they're limited on the amount of products or that with what they can offer you because they only have products for their firm, then they might be certain amount of benefits, but it's not gonna be the full benefits that you might need at the moment. Okay, so that would be the second type of financial managers. The third type is the ones that are large insurance companies uh, or large uh, companies that uh, are online. And um, some of them are, so large insurance, large companies, large insurance companies, and uh, some of them are Dave Ramsey. Susie Orman. I'm sure you have heard those names. And then also there's a big one that is called Primerica. So that those are other, uh, and then um, the, you know, these companies, you know, they, they sometimes they sponsor each other and, and things like that. And, um, they have a lot of books, you know, they sell you a lot of books and a lot of trainings. They're on TV, they're on radio, right? And you learn a lot from them. And I tell you this, um, you know, they, they teach a lot of good things. However, uh, when it comes to, uh, your future, what they focus on is only on pay off your debt and i'm writing that's why it's taking me a lot of uh, longer to say something so pay off your debt first right and invest the difference oh sorry pay off your debt first then um then buy term that's the motive 
by term and invest the difference. Now, what is the issue with this? The issue with this is that if you have debt and you're only going to be focusing on paying off the debt, you're going to feel lack a whole, the whole time because you, you are only focusing on the debt. And the problem with that, again, is the mindset. And uh, so if you have like debt and it's like 20% interest rate or something like that, let, let's, let's, uh, let me sh uh, talk to you about that. If you have debt that is over, you know, like let's say that you have $30,000 in debt and that debt is accumulating an interest of 20% or 24.99 or 14%, whatever, it doesn't matter what the interest is, is. But if you're only focusing on paying off that debt and you're not saving any money um, or you're not putting your money in investments that give you, you know, 7%, 8%, 10%, 12%, 15%, if then you're not upsetting that amount of interest, right? Because all you're doing is paying off the debt. Not only that, but you, you're going to feel like all the time that you're in lack because every single penny that you get, then it's going to be focused on paying off that debt. And then the other thing that they, that they teach is that by term, so that means that, you know, by life insurance that doesn't accumulate any cash value and, uh, and then invest the difference on other things. But in my experience, the problem is that a lot of people, they buy term, but they don't invest the difference. So they're not really setting themselves for success for their future and for to be retired. So, um, and then by term, it's just a death benefit. So it's not really life insurance, it's actually death insurance because it doesn't offer any other benefits. And, uh, and the, but, because they trust so much all the cash value life insurance, they cannot sell them anymore, even though now they realize that it is a good investment that is actually have a ton of benefits. So now they still need to, you know, fall behind into the no, no cash value life insurance, no good. Just, you know, pay off your debt by term investment difference. And, uh, and again, like I said, most people, they just don't invest the difference. Now, I'm going to tell you what the last one it is. So there are other managers or, or not really managers, you know, like, um, again, these are people that they sit down with you, they make a plan, they show you the plan, but ultimately you are the one that decide what is best for you. And these are companies that, um, that shows you multiple options, okay? And uh, one of them is... WFG, WWA, or something like that. You know, like, like um, those are you know, like companies that they have. They work with as they work with like multiple types of companies, and they work, for example, with Nationwide, right? They work with uh, Pack Life. They work with um, AXA. They work with aliens. They work with uh, Transamerica financial advisors. 
First America, financial services, sorry, because financial advisors is the one that manages the advisors. So Transamerica Financial Services. Um, and let me see what else uh, here. Pat Life. Uh, they work with um, companies like Legacy Shield, Optima Tax Relief. Legacy Shield is for trust and for wills. Optima Tax Relief is when you have tax issues. That America is when you owe so much debt that is, you know, overflow and you can definitely cannot barely survive because you're, the debt is so high that you actually need some sort of debt settlement. And, uh, and they are autonomous. Those, these are the ones that I remember right now. So what are the advantage of this ones? Well, the advantage of this one is, first of all, because they work with multiple different companies. So they're not captive. Therefore, when they sit down with you and they show you what are the options that you have, then they are not going to be only showing you one option with only one company. They will be able to show you multiple options from different companies, and then you can decide which one sounds better for you, which one you feel it fits your lifestyle, which one feels that it's going to give you the, the, more be the best benefits. Not only that, but once, you know, they can also offer you trust and wills. And I know that these companies, they, they, they do offer some of that as well, but they don't focus on, on things that can give you cash value. And these companies, they actually do. They actually have things that are called BULs, IULs, and obviously this is another uh, class that I can give to explain the difference on each of them. They also have term, but they have term that are life insurance instead of death insurance because term uh, these days, you know, they have updated them that if for some reason something happened to you while you are alive and you are still alive, you can actually use the, the benefit for you while you are alive, right? You know, at least part of it or maybe the whole thing, you can use it. So, so it's actually a, a real life insurance because you don't want life insurance just to benefit after you die. You want to have some other options to benefit yourself if something happened to you. So, um, and this brings a little bit of more peace of mind. And it's kind of nice to know that, for example, if you get COVID and you're really sick and you become disabled, you can actually use part of that term insurance while you are alive or if you have a car accident, or if you had a heart attack, or stroke, or cancer. So those are the benefits when you have these options. Not only that, you know, like the, the ones that are cash accumulation, these ones actually give you the advantage of, um, you know, like safe, you know, as the, as the same time that you are doing the life insurance, you also have cash value accumulation. So the money keeps growing, and if it's prepared the right way, it could be it could grow up to the millions, and you don't have to worry about losing your money, which is what happens with the banks and firms or the big you know like the, the big uh, companies, right? That you can actually, if the market crash, you can actually lose your money. But with this one, it doesn't really so well. The but the VUL is variable, so that one you can actually lose your money in the market. But the IULs 
you want. You, you, don't, you don't lose your money in the market. So, so again, there are pros and cons on each of them. Um, this one also, they have tax exempt uh, options. So you don't have to pay taxes uh, at the end. You know, like, like uh, the money that you have put in, you have already paid the taxes. So therefore you don't have to pay taxes on the growth of your money. Uh, unless these companies, uh, the other companies are offering you a Roth IRA, you don't have to pay taxes on it. But the disadvantage is that it is attached to the market. Therefore, the market crash, which is obviously normal, you know, the market the market is cyclical. So, it, the, you know, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. The market is going to, you know, like it's, that's, that's a given. It's going to happen at some point. And uh, it's getting to the time that it was in 2008. So don't be surprised that at some point that happened. And we are printing a lot of money. I don't know if you know, but, you know, like we're actually giving, uh, getting out trillions of dollars. We're only getting, 50, you know, like like the U.S. only getting 1400 The rest of it is going to go overseas. It's going to go to other countries. So the trillions of dollars that they're actually uh, printing right now, because that's printing money, because the U.S. doesn't have any money. They are actually... The, the debt is overpassed the amount of money that we have. Therefore, they have to print more money, which means that the value of the dollar is going to go down. That's why so many people are moving to crypto. But personally, I don't know much about crypto, just the basic. So I'm not going to teach it. I can recommend some people that are really good at, at crypto, like Kiana, Daniel. She's really good at that. She has written books about it. But, uh, but when it comes to the dollar, the dollar is going down. The dollar is going to be devalued due to the amount of money that is going to be printed right now. And out of, you know, like out of this, based on the amount of the population here in the United States, it should be about $5,700 that should go to each American. Unfortunately, only $1,400 is going to go to each American. The rest is going to go overseas. So, so again, you know, like we need to, we need to think about all of these things in order to be able to decide who will be the best option for us. And, um, but ultimately, no matter, no matter who you decide to take your money, you have to be educated. You have to be able to do an educated financial decision. You cannot let the um, older people take charge of your money. Only you can take charge of your money. And women, we are very smart about it. If we learn how to do it, we can manage our own money and we will be able to make very wise decisions on where to put our money. But one of the first things that we need to realize is that, okay, well, what is the amount of money that I need when I am ready to retire or when I'm ready to, you know, live my life and decide or be able to choose when I want to, um, when I want to retire, when I want to stop working, when I want to decide when I want to work, when I want to travel, etc. And 300,000 is not going to cut it, which is what a lot of women think that's all they need in order to, um, in order to be able to retire. And that's not the case. So for example, I have $600,000, a little bit more actually, close to $700,000 right now. 
you want to keep, you know, make that money keep growing. The only way is finding multiple streams of income, but we cannot wait to learn what to do with our money, with the money that we're making right now. It doesn't matter if it's 30,000, 50,000, 60,000, 100,000, 500,000, it doesn't matter. If we, you know, like, if we don't know how to manage our money, what to do with our money, and we're only spending it, we're not saving, that's an issue. A lot of times I have, you know, my clients, they tell me, Sarah, I'm making really good money, but I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. Well, that's a problem. We need to find where's the gap. We need to find what is it that we need to do in order to close that gap and put your money where it actually is going to work for you instead of you only working for your money. So again, make sure to any questions that you may, may have, that's what I'm here. That's why I have created the Finance Bay Facebook group because I want to make sure that you have, that you feel confident, empowered, and that you can take care of your money and that you can learn how to grow your money. And I know, again, these things that I'm sharing with you might not be sexy, but making money is sexy. Profit, you know, profit, assets, cash flow, all of that are very sexy words. So make sure to understand these things and learn about it. So this is it for now. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And, and again, any questions that you may have, please send me a message. Please put anything in the comments. These videos, I don't keep them up for too long. So in a couple of weeks, I put them down because uh, this information is super valuable. And, uh, and you know, like I'm, I'm going a little bit more detailed and a little bit deeper in my program, the Finance Babe Academy. So, uh, and the Finance Babe Academy is probably be launched in April or May. Again, thank you so much for being here um, and looking forward to bring even more, more value to you. Okay, so you make it a great day. Bye-bye.